0: michelle smith who uh, of course works for espn great softball player in her day in her own right and she's here to talk about uh, the upcoming ncaa tournament we'll focus a little bit on the sec but the the field overall michelle always good to have you thanks for doing this absolutely steve nice to be here and uh, chat softball with you you bet um as you looked at the field michelle did anything jump at you as a surprise either in a good or a bad way in terms of a team or a seed or where they went?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people were surprised at Alabama's number five seed. Um, you know, the committee basically said it was full body of work. It was their wins versus top 10 teams and top 25 teams. Um, but I think that, you know, people then look at Auburn, you know, beat them in a series. And so, you know, there's a lot of back and, back and forth about that. And then um, also Oklahoma State, who kind of stubbed their toe over the last, say, 13 games i think they're maybe two and 11 over their last 13 so i think them you know them getting the sixth seed also surprised some people but you know it's tough there's a lot of things that go into making that bracket as you know in any sport um and and obviously with softball as well there is also the you know the the distance that teams have to travel and flights and all that they try to limit uh, a certain amount of that and um so it's, it's complicated very complicated i think the I think a lot of people are probably surprised that, that uh, Florida, that the Gators are going all the way out to Stanford. But, you know, that'll be a good matchup, I, I think, for the Gators. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's interesting because when we get the bracket, we only get it um, a couple hours before the show. And then, you know, we're trying to digest everything and break it down. And it, uh, it's a lot of information. We almost have more time today to really let everything soak in and start looking at, oh, this is interesting. Oh, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, I Believe it or yeah. not, I have a couple of emails for you. Um, okay. Because I promoted, you're going to be on. Sam says, "Does UF have a good chance to get to OKC with this regional pairing?"
1: You know, I I do. I think they're going to match up really well against Stanford. Stanford has very good pitching. Um, they're they're hitting is a little bit weak. So, and you know, for the Gators, that that's actually a good thing because Florida Skylar Wallace is you know off the charts this year. She's having you know a record year. Um, And then, you know, Kendra Falby and Charlotte Eccles. So, you know, if if the Gators can score runs, I think they're going to be in a good position. They just now have to limit the free passes. You know, if Elizabeth Hightower can have a strong showing, limit free passes, keep the ball in the yard, um, you know, I think there's opportunity for the Gators to go out there and and make some noise um, at Stanford.
0: And uh, Ben has an email that says, uh, you kind of mentioned it, Uh, It's been such a treat to watch Skylar Wallace play uh, in terms of her speed and power. Are there very many players like her throughout softball?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And another are not. I mean, she's very unique. She's got power to all fields. If you look at her spray chart, chart, she will, you know, take an inside pitch and, smack it out the right field and then uh, you throw her on the outer half and she'll she'll hit a home run the left field um you know she runs like the wind if you walk her it's almost like giving up a double to her because she's going to steal second base um the only other athlete i would probably say is comparable would be kiki malloy for tennessee she's got 23 home runs on the year and she has uh, quite a few stolen bases herself over 30 herself so you know those two athletes are doing great jobs for their team They're, they're both in that lead off um you know spot making some noise so it's a they're a lot of fun to watch. They're very dynamic athletes,
0: Michelle, when you get into this tournament, I mean, what Oklahoma's done is is pretty remarkable. And it's kind of like, okay, Oklahoma or the field, where would you go down that road? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, Oklahoma's strong. Patty Gasso reloads every year. Um, you know, they graduate out All-Americans and they plug All-Americans right back in. And, you know, they um, they're complete in the sense that they've got, Three great arms uh, that are going to be rested. You know, uh, neither n- none of them have thrown or overthrown uh, too much this year. They've got the best defense in the nation behind those pitchers, and then they have an offense that's you know the, the highest scoring offense in, in the country. So you put all those three together, they're obviously going to be very difficult to beat. You have to play your A plus game, uh, and you have to hope that they have a, a B minus game. But uh, you know they're experienced. Um, you know they uh, put themselves in a in a very good mental bubble, I guess you could say, with their championship mindset. And, um, you know, when they do that, they're, they're hard to knock off that top pedestal, especially when they're playing at home and then especially in Oklahoma City where, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the crowd embraces them.
0: Uh, is there a team in this field that maybe you think is a dark horse to, to go a long way here?
1: You know that's a great question. Um I think there's some mid-majors that could make some noise. I think Central Arkansas, you know, they've got two great pitchers. Um Caleb Beaver has uh 23 wins I think on the year um, it's, they've beat Arkansas twice so I think you got to watch out for them. I think I think Oklahoma State has Wichita State coming to town and I think they have got to play their best game. They've already lost to Wichita State twice this year. I think that um I think that Texas is going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think they're upset that they weren't a top eight seed. Uh, so they're going to host a regional, and then they're going to have to go on the road to Tennessee for a super regional. But I do like Tennessee. I think that Tennessee is in a good position. You know, they're playing well. Ashley, Ashley Rogers is healthy. Uh, they've, they've got some some great sticks. They can run. So I think that um, that's a that's a, a team that can do a lot of damage. But, you know, it, it's hard to say this year. Last year we had three unseeded teams make it to the Women's College World Series. Right. Uh, I think that that's also a possibility that we could get some unseeded teams this year, too, because there's just been so much parity throughout the country this year. Um, so it is going to be interesting. It, it, you've got to play really good softball. And, and I think it's kind of limiting expectations and focusing on execution. And, and if the team... The teams that execute are going to be the ones that punch their ticket to Oklahoma City.
0: Michelle Smith with us uh, from ESPN, talking college softball. And, of course, the field now set for the upcoming NCAA tournament. Um, Home runs, I guess, are up every place, including softball. Do you think that the fences are okay in terms of the length of where they are for the game now? You know, I
1: I th- the fences could absolutely go back a little bit. The problem with that, Steve, is that a lot of these universities, you know, there's not room to extend the fence an extra ten yeah, or fifteen feet. Good point. There. So, it, yeah, yeah, it becomes a financial issue as well as a land, you know, yes, issue. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I wouldn't mind seeing them. You know, take a look at the technology, the ball, the bat, even sometimes the strike zone. You know, we've done so much to push the game so that the hitters have the advantage over the last, say, 20 years that, you know, I I think at some point the pendulum has to swing back to the pitchers a little bit because the hitters are just getting to the point where, you know, teams are scoring, you know, eight, nine runs a game. And to me that's not fast-pitch softball. That primarily is usually about, you know, we call it fast-pitch for a reason. It's, you know, named after the pitchers who, who should be able to, dominate a little bit more so i think you know with all the analytics nowadays all the video all the different things that the the hitters have to train there's there's no secrets as a pitcher it's really hard to um you know to get hitters out nowadays so i think that there are ways that we could um you know fix some of those issues but I, i think that unfortunately moving the fences back would create a lot of havoc for a lot of institutions that already have stadiums built
0: spoken like a truly great pitcher that you were Um, (laughs) and I was one too. So I I totally hear you. Let let me end with this. Um, You know, doing a lot of the Gator baseball broadcasts um, umpires today have it tough because they're, you know, they're really scrutinized, but I think people don't understand that, you know, leagues evaluate umpires and they can lose their jobs if they don't do what they're supposed to do. But over the last few years, from a pitcher standpoint, Michelle, has the strike zone changed has the has the home plate umpire calling balls and strikes changed in your view
1: Um yeah that's a great question I think that um I I think that we have gotten a little bit better at trying to for us especially in softball use the upper part of the zone because if you read it in the rule book it's you know it says that the you know, the knee all the way up to the, to the sternum or to, you know, the chest. And we never really, if anyone gets a strike called above the belt, there's like, Oh, that's too high. And you right. know, it's, it's it's like it should be actually even way higher than that. So, you know, that would probably help help our pitchers out. If the, if the high strike was called, um, it would probably result more in, in more strikeouts, more swing and miss, especially with the rise ball for pitchers that could manipulate pitches up in the zone. Um, but I, I would like to see I, – I think part of the issue with our sport is that we basically have the same river, basically the space between the plate and the batter's box. That's called the river. That's at least what we term it in, in softball. That's the same distance in softball as it is in baseball, in Major League Baseball. But yet a softball is so much larger than a baseball, right? A softball is a 12-inch – um, softball baseball is what nine inches so you know you're looking at, 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 a, at a ball that's 30 percent larger but yet we don't have as much room to throw on the corners without hitters getting hit you know and nowadays everybody's armored up and they can lean into pitches so I think free passes to me are a big issue more than um, the strike zone if we allow the pitchers to be able to throw the pitch uh, on the corners and we get the if the pitchers are getting those corners I think it really opens up um, your ability as a pitcher to be able to, you know, manipulate um, the, the the hitters. And, um, you know, Sandy Koufax said it best. Is, you know, show me a pitcher that can't throw on the inside corner and I'll show you a loser. And, you know, you've <laughs> got to be able to throw on that inside corner. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: he's right, too. No, no question about it. Michelle, great yeah. stuff. I appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully we can get you back down the road here as, as this tournament progresses. Always appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Steve.
0: You got it, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle Smith.